This is one of those few times where if you feel burning sensation, it's good. (laughs) I'm just saying, you know? (laughs) You could restore it Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. <laughs> uh, a.k.a. whatever we want to talk about. <laughs> a.k.a. Mr. Backup. And I have with me my physical therapy advisor, Prasanna Maliandi. <laughs> so just going? a clarification, I cannot be uh-huh. an advisor because I do not give medical advice. Oh, you don't? Yeah. So you're my <laughs> physical therapy commiserator? Sure. That works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were just talking about before this podcast, right? About how yeah. you just went for physical therapy for your shoulder and you're like, yeah. oh my God, so much pain. Yeah. It's so weird because, you know, I had, I had rotator cuff surgery and then you had like, it's been over 12 the weeks. The second time. The second time. Well, d- two different, different, two shoulders. different shoulders, but yeah, the, the first shoulder was easy peasy. It wasn't the big repair. And this one, they did this big repair. And then, so for 12 weeks, they don't want you, to, they don't want you to do anything that really stresses it. You just, you just want to move it basically in very prescribed ways. And then they're like, but you know, after 12 weeks, we get to do the fun stuff and you know, we get to go to the fun part. What kind of fun part is what I want to say. <laughs> it's this like was, who's demented. This was hell, right? This, you know, and, and and I keep doing these exercises where I would say I would I would be doing them. I go, oh, this is not so hard. He goes, Curtis, like move your arm down on the wall, like you're doing wall push-ups and your arms are too high. You got to put them shoulder height. And all the reps, it's like thirty reps. Yeah, right. Or the pain is three, good. If you yeah. feel a burn, it's good for you. Yeah, three sets of ten reps. That yeah. was like every the, step. This yeah. is one of those few times where if you feel burning sensation, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> that is so going on the front end of the podcast um, <laughs> as the comedic intro. All right. Uh, I thought, you know, we're recording this on December 22nd. So, uh, you know. Happy holidays to everybody, and uh, obviously to you, Prasanna, as well. You too, Curtis. And it's kind of crazy that 2021 has flown by. Like, mm. I was just thinking, I was has like, it, it flown, just seems like it Has it flown was... or has it crashed? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of those things where sometimes, like, the year goes by slowly. And mm-hmm. yes, I know that we're in the middle of the pandemic and the craziness around the vaccines and the different waves of the variants. Right. Where things seem to be getting better and then they get worse and all the rest of that. But time has flown by, I must say. Yeah. Speaking of the variants, do you know why we're on Omicron? Why why we're so far up in the Greek alphabet? So I know that there are some variants that people that they've found, but they haven't classified as a variant of concern, which is why a lot of people don't know about those in between. Hadn't heard about them. Right. Yeah. That, but, but there are I two letters that, they skipped. Yes. I believe one of them was because they were worried about the political impact. Uh-huh. And then <laughs> the other was because um, if they used the Greek letter, two letters prior to Omicron, 
they would be talking about the new variant because mm. the letter is new, <laughs> right? And you, and you, and <laughs> so they were like, they didn't want people. They would they would be confused with new, and then yeah. the other one, it, it it's spelled the same way as the as the president of China. <laughs> so, given you know, yeah, so I many can, things. I, yeah, I like, can see why they decided to the skip sh- it. Yeah, yeah, the G variant. <laughs> Uh, so we went, so we went straight to Omicron. Uh, I, I'm a little worried because there's not that many letters left in the Greek alphabet. You know what's next, by the way, right? No, I don't. Pi. Mm. But pi is like a happy thing. I don't want yeah. it to be associated <laughs> with. Yeah. Yeah. So there's only like six or seven more letters, okay. I think. It, it has, there's far fewer letters in the Greek alphabet than there is the English alphabet. Gotcha. But yeah, so I, I certainly, I keep waiting for this to be over, over, because when this is over, over, we're going to have our good friend, Dr. Lindsay Schultz back on when this is over, over, I keep waiting, you know, I keep wanting to have her back on to sort of talk about the current state of things. And, uh, it, it like, I don't know, I, I keep, I keep wanting that to, to get to some sort of I know it's it's never going to be over over, but yeah, to get to something where we're not we don't have a new variant every few months, and then have her on. But it's been a it's been a troublesome year with regards to the and I I don't care where you fall politically. This is a giant pain in the butt. Yeah, right. Yeah, life um, has been disrupted for many many right. billions of people. <laughs> right. I, I I am in I am in the phase where. You know, I'm triple vaxxed, right? Everybody, mm-hmm. everybody in my family is triple vaxxed, uh, except for my granddaughter who's double vaxxed, right? She she just yep. got her vaccine just a few few weeks ago, so everybody's vaccinated, and we we go out, we do things, right? Yeah. We go to restaurants, we go to uh, movie theaters, uh, we go shopping, we mask when we're around other people, yep, and um, you take precautions. We take precautions and that's like the new normal. I feel like I'm living my new normal. I'm I'm going to the movies as much as I went before. In fact, in some <laughs> senses, you know, in some senses, even more movies than before. Because I'll be like, I'll show them. I'll show that. Yeah. Well, and it's also kind of nice when it was like less people at the movie theaters and all the rest of that too, right? I'm sure. Yeah, it, it's it's. Although one of the reasons I go to the theater is, is those people. I want to like it's a communal experience. Is watching it, watching Spider Man. By the way, was that was that was like the old days. You are <laughs> packed in like sardines. Yeah. And in fact, I went to see another movie yesterday, and of the twelve screens at the Cineplex mm-hmm. I was at, six of them were Spider Man. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think, and, they, I... and they were all sold out. Yeah. I think they said what the opening weekend it was like three hundred million dollars. Right. See, that's the old days. That's what we need. Yeah. We need that. We need the movie industry back. I need the movie industry back. <laughs> and while I stand by how we've been living our lives, uh, being you know triple vaccinated <laughs> or uh, boosted, as they say, and going out in public, and what's it at called? An almost for listeners who normal level and masking up whenever we're around people and going to movies and all of those things, I did end up catching COVID. In fact, right now, I am in the middle of my 
isolation phase for the new five days. Um, I tested positive uh, two days ago. Very mild symptoms. Uh, basically, the you know um, the worst I had probably was a really runny nose on the first day, which was the only symptom that really said to my daughter that I needed to go get tested because we've got lots of little kids and babies and things around. So I went and got tested, and lo and behold, I did indeed have COVID, or I do indeed have COVID. Um, All I can say is that um, I'm glad I was vaccinated because I do believe that's, you know, a significant reason why the case that I got was as minor as it was. But I'm pretty sure I got Omicron. Uh, I haven't had a PCR test. I'm actually going to go get that tomorrow at my doctor. It's super hard right now to get a PCR test. I happen to have a batch of home tests that we bought back when we (laughs) felt like we were hoarding. We are now out of our home tests, and I actually ordered a new batch. Um, You know, Omicron's not messing around, but uh, um, not sure what else to say, but I just thought that that was an additional piece of information that was relevant given, you know, everything I was talking about. Back to the podcast. Our good friend Jeff Rockland, who is, you know, has been on the podcast. And just before this podcast, I was recording another podcast with him. He and I are doing a, it's a new podcast on, we just talk about movies, right? Um, And you know what? I don't, (laughs) I don't know what he's calling it yet. It's literally brand new. It's going to come out. Since recording this episode, I've heard from Jeff and it looks like he's going to be calling it things that entertain us. And uh, which means we can actually talk about movies and other things that, you know, entertain us. It doesn't look like he's published it yet, but just look for that title, Things That Entertain Us, uh, or search for Jeff Rockland at Podbean. Um, And now he's back working in the industry. He's at a um, FX shop. And um, so he's excited about that. Started, Started a new gig. And you guys will have things to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, Ladies. we need that industry industry to survive. We need entertainment. We need yeah. art. We need fun. We need escapism, right? Yes. We need thought-provoking entertainment. We need entertainment that pisses of, pisses of off, pisses us off in one movie and makes, makes us, us feel better <laughs> in another movie. Yeah. Um yeah, I I you know, and, and there's good crying and there's sad yeah. crying. Um You like the good crying. I, well, I, I like them all, um, you know, so, so a, a, a good crying would be, um, I went to see, uh, um, uh, Encanto, mm. which, um, is an animated movie about family set yeah. in Latin America. I don't know if it's Mexico, but it's Latin America and it's, a, a beautiful movie yeah. and it, and it has a very heartwarming ending that mm-hmm. really makes you you know, think about family and cry and feel good about that sort of stuff. (laughs) And then, and then on, on the opposite end of that, uh, I saw West Side Story, which Mm. is a horrible story. (laughs) Like the story, the storyline is it's Romeo and Juliet, right? If if you don't know West Side Story, it's Romeo and Juliet. And if you don't know Romeo and Juliet, it doesn't end well. 
right? <laughs> um, but this is basically the same ending, right? Yeah. And um, um, uh, Tony dies, right? And that's um, and I I cried like. Mm. I cried a lot when Tony died. It, it was just, it was partly, partly because she is a really, really good actress. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think she was actually better than him. Mm. Um, but, um, and her singing is, oh my God, she's angelic. <laughs> um, again, better, better than him. <laughs> yeah. His, his, his sing was okay. Did you see it? <laughs> I have not. Come on, Curtis, you know me. So I was just thinking about this. The last it's time. It's not Hollywood. I- <laughs> yes, it's not Bollywood. The last time I went to a movie theater was probably four years ago. What was it? I can't even remember what it was. I think it was during an EMC World in Vegas and just happened to go to a movie. It's, I don't know how we're friends. <laughs> because we're so different. That's why we're is that, friends. Is that what it is? If we were the track. exact same, it may not work out well. <laughs> Yeah, it is true. I mean, you and I couldn't be more different than each other in so many. And yet we love tech. We love yep. storage. We love protecting people's data. Although one of us didn't love it enough and had to leave and go to another company. Yeah. Speaking speaking of which, uh, Prasanna and I work for different companies. He works for Zoom. I work for Truva. This is not a podcast of either company. The opinions that you hear are ours. Be sure to rate this podcast at ratethispodcast.com slash restore. And if you'd like a chance to win a free uh, ebook version of my new book, Modern Data Protection, uh, published by O'Reilly, they have allowed me to give away one free ebook each week. All you need to do is uh, subscribe to our mailing list on backupcentral.com. I've already done the drawing for this week, and the winner is Jimmy Martin Robert. You should see an email from me shortly and also an email from O'Reilly. Back to the podcast. And also, if you want to join us, we're come, you know, come, we're come. Fun. We're fun. We're fun to talk to. If you've got stories, good stories, bad stories, heart, horrible stories like the one that we published this week. Yeah. That was a great story, but oh my God. The, yeah. For those the, who didn't see it, it was the IT admin. Uh, deletes his environment and then tries to restore from backups. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and the thing is he hadn't tested his restores yeah. yet. He deleted essentially his entire computing environment at once. You're like, why would anybody do that? Go listen to the pocket. It's a great story. Yeah. But, uh, oh my God. Right. If you've got a story like that, man, yeah. we want to have you on. And, uh, or if you got a boring story, we don't care, whatever. We just, this yeah. is what we do. We talk about this stuff. So, um, uh, so what, what, what have you been doing lately, sir? Clearly what not. Ha- I mean, you watch a lot of Bollywood. Do you watch as much Bollywood as I watch regular movies? No, no, okay. not at all. So I don't actually know what I watch these days. So, so I'm a creature of habit uh-huh. and I get frustrated. Like a show has to pull me in within the first episode or two. Otherwise I give up on it. Yeah. But once a show pulls me in, then I have to watch every single episode. So I'm very selective. I can't just like stop in the middle of the season and just give up on a show. Right. Even if it's utter garbage, I will still watch it because I have to. No, it's not that I'm loyal. I think it's an OCD-ness. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Like 
once I start watching, I have to finish. No matter, yeah, no matter how. What about I'll... seasons? Like, if you finish the season, can you not pick up the next season? No. Or do you feel? Oh, yeah. Do you yeah want... Unfortunately, oh. until the show's either canceled or it's concluded. Wow. So that's why I'm very particular about like trying to get into a new show. And it's hard for me. Like, there's very few shows that like I like. I watch NCIS and what it's on like season number ninety nine at this point. Now you, now you got Bingo Bob is the uh, <laughs> yeah. What's his name? What is his name in the show? Oh yeah, the new guy. Yeah, not yeah. Mark Harmon. That's what yep. I call him. Not Mark yeah. Harmon. That's what my so. Wife so him. I am a little picky. So what I tend to do is there's like three or four shows I'll actually watch. Uh-huh. But everything else is like, I just like to have shows on in the background. Shows that I've already seen before, I like to rewatch. Yeah, yeah. I, I do that sometimes, depending on like, you know, there's so much to watch. And I, I don't want to, I'm kind of like you. I don't want to get into a new show. Like, I'm not sure if I'm going to, right? Like then it, I feel yeah. like I have to watch the whole thing or I have to watch enough of it for me to decide. I definitely watch more than a handful of episodes, unless it just is really horrible. I, mm-hmm. I, like an example I can think of is um, Sense Eight on Netflix, which yep. is from a few years ago. But you don't understand that show at all until you've seen at least episode three. Yeah. Once you see episode three, then you're like, "Oh, I get it now." And then you're like, "This is the coolest show I've ever yeah. seen." And then you have to watch all of them. And um, yeah, yeah. Like for me, a lot of the shows tend to be like science fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, but just going back and talking about like a show that I watched and I had to finish it, even though it was garbage. So lost when it came out, I watched the first four yeah, seasons. I was watching poorly. it all the time. No. And then I couldn't get past like the fourth or the fifth season, one of them. Mm-hmm. And so I just stopped and then I had to start again, but because I'd forgotten the story, I had to start over. <laughs> <laughs> and it was painful just sort of grinding through and being like, Oh my gosh. So, like I said, I tend to watch shows I've watched before. Sometimes I just like to watch things again and again. Like Futurama is one of my top favorite shows, mm-hmm. which I know you've Not never f- watched. I- I've watched an episode or two, and I'm like, eh, mm-hmm. yeah. You but know. that's like a show that just kind of I could watch like at any time. Mm. Or SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are they're actually I think the same show, but no. you know, it's just me. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I, there are shows I have like that. I can, I can, I can pick up uh, any episode of Breaking Bad at any yeah. time, enjoy it, and you know, love it. Uh, comedy wise, and also West Wing, I can watch mm-hmm. any episode of the West Wing. I love that. Yeah. Uh, comedy wise, depending on it depends on what I'm in the mood for. But yeah. uh, but the modern comedy that I I could either watch Modern Family or what's the um, Shit's Creek? Yeah. I started watching Schitt's Creek. I actually enjoyed that. Okay. Well, because that is definitely one you, it's okay in the first season. It's second season. I think it's yeah. when it really takes off. But, but anyway, how did, I don't know how we got talking about talking on to that, but, uh, oh, I think it was just what we've been up, what we've been up yeah. to. No, and then comments about movies and was yeah. I watching yeah. Hollywood movies or not. Yeah. So, so, um, it's been, how long have you been at zoom now? So next week is my six months. All right. So for half the year, you've been at a new company. Yep. Um, I still am at the same company. Uh, now, actually, I had I had my four year anniversary. Congratulations! So, That's exciting. 
otherwise known in the Bay Area as fully vested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting how your perspectives change. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you're seeing an entire different side of the industry now at this point. You're, oh, you're yeah. in what could easily be called the hottest SaaS property on the planet right now. <laughs> What's it's, that like to be, to work at a, ho- a household name company? So all my career, I've always worked at enterprise infrastructure companies or data mm-hmm. protection backup companies. And so like you go talk to someone on the street and be like, Hey, I work at so-and-so place. And they'd be like, what is that? And then you're like, Oh, it's where like everyone stores their data was used to protect your environments. And yeah. they're like, okay, I don't care about that. And then you go to a company like Zoom, right? And it's like a household name. And it's great. But at the same time, it's also a little challenging because you kind of become tech support for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Where they're like, hey, I was trying to do this on Zoom. What goes on? How come it's not working? Or the other thing that I also try to do is just kind of tell people about, hey, did you know that Zoom has this awesome new feature? Zoom mm-hmm. builds a lot of great features, but a lot of it's um, not easily uh, realized by folks or they just mm-hmm. use like the basics. Right, right. And so a lot of times I'm like, hey, did you know Zoom has this feature? They're like, no, I didn't even know that at all. That's kind of awesome. So, you know, what would be really interesting to know? And obviously I'm not asking you this and you I'm sure you don't even know it. One interesting aspect about Zoom is the free aspect. I wonder how much Zoom pays every month for people that are using their product that don't pay them anything? <laughs> you know what that I mean? An, yep, that is an interesting question. And yeah, like you said, I unfortunately cannot talk about that. <laughs> right, right. Um, but that, because the thing the thing that, you know, if you're not in the SaaS world, the thing is I, I am in the SaaS world, so yep. I understand this. Everything we do at Cost Zumba, money costs money, right? So every new feature, new aspect that we want to add to the product, we examine what that's going to do to our cogs, right? That cost of goods sold. So it's really interesting that Zoom made that decision a long time ago. Do you know if it was, was it always there? I think it was. I think it might've always been there. Yeah. Yeah. Basically that you can use it. it. It has, you know, a lot of limitations, but for the average, like, you know, grandma wanting to make, <laughs> wanting to call her her granddaughter uh it works it's well. free yeah right yeah, and it works fine yeah and especially during the pandemic i think zoom did a had a great option where they offered it for free i think before there were restri- more restrictions placed on it but during yeah i think the, the pandemic, calls would shut would shut yeah. off sooner and things like that yeah. yeah but during the pandemic they realized that zoom could be a platform that people want to connect with stay in touch especially because you couldn't go in person to visit people so it was a great option for folks is zoom a public company it is a public company yes and so uh yes it, it of course because i, I already i saw what happened to the stock price <laughs> over the last few years yep. too bad you didn't join it sooner there buddy just saying <laughs> Yeah, but if I didn't, if I had joined sooner, Curtis, I never would have met you, you know? Oh. Just saying. Oh, that's so, that's so sweet. <laughs> um. <laughs> You're like, great, I could have had a better podcast host. 
Oh, no. Dude, I'm telling you. I know I tell you this. I know, like... I'm giving you a hard time. Busting no, your chops. You, you are, like, the perfect podcast co-host. I think you're fishing for compliments. That's what I think. <laughs> uh, you know, I, you know, and the fact that you, you understand the data protection side, the fact that you're, you know, you're fun to talk to, you're, you, and you ask great questions of the guests, right? The, um, so that, that's always, um, you know, I know we talk about it, but you know, you, I always <laughs> think about that day that I, that I proposed a podcast to you and you're like, okay, you know, we'll see. About I said, yes. That. Sounds like you you're proposing yes. to me it's for marriage. I still remember that though. Yeah. Yeah. And and the idea when you when you just get started, for those of you that have never done a podcast, when you just get started doing a podcast, the idea that we would produce, you know, 30, 40 minutes of content a week. And we've done it, buddy. We have done it. Yep. Right? Um, we have produced a podcast every single week for two years Curtis, almost is it is like it been almost, two years we're yeah we published what uh, episode 135 we're coming so, up on three years yeah is almost what you're telling three me. years yeah and, and we've done that right yep. um that's why you know shout out to stephen foskett you know stephen foskett uh mentioned on on twitter like that we were you know one of the most i, I forget what did he say like the most dependable or something mm -hmm. like that consistent i think said consistent yeah podcast and uh man we've had some great guests oh yeah like i was just going back and looking it's like more than probably like three-fourths of our episodes actually have guests on them and it's not just from like a particular area or field right it's just a variety be it vendors or people who are admins or even like Lindsay, right we had some random ones too right right, right. talking about the election right with Mark yeah. and then with Lindsay talking about COVID. Yeah, I'm looking back over, um, you know, the last year of episodes. Um, you know, we've had we've had a lot of people. We've had people from vendors. We've had uh, end users on here. Um, we've had sort of book authors. People, yeah. What's that? Book authors. Yeah, um, and as I'm scrolling through here, uh, you know, it's hard to, it's, I don't know if I could pick a favorite episode. <laughs> um, you know, that would be difficult, but I, I have to say, I really like the one we published this week. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can pick it as favorite over the last year, but that was an amazing story. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm not even going to give away the ending, right? Yeah. Uh, it's an amazing story. And what I really like about what the way Paul was, was that he was very forthcoming, very, uh, you know, he didn't try to like, he acknowledges what he did was a really dumb idea. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, and yeah. that no one should ever do what he did. Uh, and he's okay with talking about that and, and helping others, you know, learn from that. Yeah. Right. Uh, and he was fun to talk to as well. Right. <clears throat> we did at least one ba uh, barbecue or we did. We did at least one episode about barbecue. Yep. That we did. That was episode 116 and a half. We called it. <laughs> we, we didn't consider it like a like a full a episode. proper. Yeah. No backups, just beef and barbecue. I like that. <laughs> 
Um, any anything that any episodes that stand out for you? I was just going through and looking at the list. Um, <clears throat> I think. Uh, so just given my background and the fact that I never cut my teeth on tape, right? right. I found some of the tape episodes good, especially with Joe Jernecki, Tape Designer yeah. School's Mr. Backup, right? We also had um, Mark Lance, Deep Dive into White Tape, Tape Still Has a Future, right? Episode 129 and others as well. So I thought that was actually pretty cool. Rich Gadomski as well yeah, from Fujifilm. Fuji so, yeah. right. so those were pretty interesting just because I think a lot of people have written off tape just as I had before I ever started talking to you. Right, right. <laughs> and yeah, it's funny. I, I work at a very no tape company and yet <laughs> I'm often like defending tape on Reddit. Yeah. <clears throat> people are like, why are you defending tape? I'm like, I'm just, you know, I, d- I don't want to defend it in the way of like, you should be using tape. I just, the thing that you just said about tape, it's not true. Yeah. And I feel, I feel the need to come to its defense because nobody else is. Exactly. So I think that was interesting uh, from my perspective. Uh, you know what it means to have a good get, right? In no. the entertainment business, when you no. say it's a, it, that, that was a good get, it means like that was a guest that you got on your podcast. Ah. It was like, you know, like oh, if you okay. get Steven Spielberg on your, you know, that's a good get, right? Gotcha. Uh, so uh, I'm going to give you one I, guess. I know which one you, you are going to talk about. My, my best get of the year. Who would that be? Peter Croak. Yeah. <laughs> and why would that be? Because he's the one who sort of coined the three, two, one. Yeah. Term for backup and your favorite that you actually hold on. We haven't used it yet this episode. So you maybe <laughs> we should we haven't used the three to one rule. Um, yeah. It's, it, it's again, he as he will say, he, he didn't invent the concept. He just he just coined the term, the, the three to one rule, just, you know, three copies of your backups on two different media, one of which should be stored somewhere else. Right. And <clears throat> it was really good to talk to him about it because he helped solidify the meaning of the two better in my yeah. mind than I had in the past, where it's about making sure that you're separating the risks, right? So in his world, he wanted it to be two different types of media. When we translate it into the modern world, it would be, you know, media, it might be actually on the same type of media, but it might be on a different service, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, you could try to nuance everything, but in the end, I think it's what risks are you trying to protect against? Right. Right. And like, you could also claim, Hey, if, uh, if you get like a cosmic ray that flips some bits, right. And across everything, all your data, you're screwed either way. Right. You know, it's funny you talk about cosmic rays. So I used to think that that was like just a joke. It's not. Um, it's not. Um, no. I went to, so again, you know, another shout out to Foskett, uh, his tech field day. I went to a tech field day where Intel talked about their SSDs mm-hmm. and they talked about the degree to which SSDs are impacted by solar flares. And then they talked about how impossible it is to protect from solar flares. Like unless you're willing to put your SSD like a hundred <laughs> feet in the ground. Yeah. Um, and you know, people, you know, people are like, Oh, what about lead? What about this? You know? And it's like, no, it doesn't do that. Right. So here's what you need to do. And, and they talked about how 
the the point of the the point of the presentation was that all SSDs are susceptible to yeah. solar flares. The point when you get hit by a solar flare what is happens? to brick is to brick the drive, hmm. which is an interesting. You're like, well, why would that be? They're much more concerned about a drive that gets hurt by solar flares but doesn't send up a flare. Yep. Right. So they basically they're like, if we're hurt by solar flare, our design is we just brick the drive. Yeah. Because we don't want you continuing to use read and write exactly. data that has clearly been damaged. Yeah. And they demonstrated that they could simulate solar flares with competitors' <laughs> drives, and uh, they would get because there's like Random gamma bits. rays. Yeah. Gamma rays and alpha rays. I don't I don't know. How's, your, how's your physics? I don't remember. But anyway, so solar. I don't know how we we start talking about solar flares and why why yeah, were we talking we... about solar flares? Oh, just talking about um, the two and oh for, right, bubbling all the way back up to the favorite guest, the three two the one get. rule. Yeah. yeah, the best get of the year would be Peter Krogh, and we and we'll have him back on, I'm sure. Yeah. And um, the um, uh, I've also enjoyed. We've had twice. We've had uh, a Druva competitor Veeam on here. Um, we've had those folks on here a couple of times. times. I've enjoyed talking to them as well. Yeah. And, um, and we also had, uh, Sobea from Haiku as well. Right. Right. And I'm looking through, uh, you know what? We spent a good portion of the early part of this year talking about. There was one topic that we spent multiple episodes talking about. What was this? Was this the... OVH. Oh, that's right. I forgot about it. We did OVH. like, we talked about OVH a lot. Yeah. That when I look back on 2021, OVH is now such a, you know, I, as a person who specializes in data protection, you need examples to prove you're right. <laughs> and and what happened Boom. at OVH? Yeah. This massive. So they had built a bunch of data centers based on shipping containers. The data centers were very close to each other. Yep. And there was a backup service that people actually paid for. And the backups were physically isolated from the servers they were backing up. But what it appears, and again, I'll just say it appears so I don't get sued. What it appears we have been told by customers of theirs <clears throat> that it turns out physically isolated meant the backup servers were over in the corner. <laughs> yeah. And we know how that and, goes in terms of backup. So when you have yeah. a fire, what ends up happening, Curtis? Yeah. The, yeah. They melted, right? The, these, yeah. I mean, that, that server, that fire was so hot that, you know, the fire suppression system couldn't do anything. The, and it even yeah. took out some of the other storage containers nearby as it, well. I yeah. The, yeah. The, it did. It, it damaged, the nearby data center two, I think they called yeah. it. And the, um, yeah. And, and so what it approves is <clears throat> that if you're backing up, you know, the cloud isn't magic. Yep. If you're backing up the cloud, make sure that your backups are stored in another region Yep. and another region and another account. This is a cloud version of the three, two, one rule. Yep. The, um, we talked about that for, Kind of solid month, I think, because it was such a big disaster uh, from f- France's largest cloud. I, I was told it was the largest cloud provider headquartered in Europe. Gotcha. 
Not yeah. to be confused with the largest cloud provider in Europe, yeah. which is still Amazon, I yeah. believe. But So it is interesting since you're talking about resiliency, right? And making sure you have data. I don't know if you've noticed the last couple of weeks, there's been some internet outages, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, well, as a company that runs on AWS, yes, we noticed. Yeah. yeah. And even today, I think there was an outage and I was just reading about it and AWS is like, they had a power outage in their U.S. East, one of their uh, availability zones. So, so they were telling people, um, "Yes, we have a wobble. Uh, please make sure that you can fail over to another availability zone if your if your infrastructure allows you to, or your application allows you to." And I was just thinking in my head, I'm like, I hope most people have a notion of a failover site that they can go to for their applications. When things like this I'm, happen. I'm pretty sure that like principle number one on designing for AWS is designed for failure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, the cloud isn't magic. Yeah. And you have to build that into your product uh, or, or whatever it is you're building, you know, on AWS or any cloud provider. Nothing is magic. And and I and, don't understand though if it's maybe inexperience, but at this point it's hard to say that people just don't have the experience to build on the cloud, or if it's just it's too expensive, right? That people are looking to cut costs one way or another. But there are still options, right? It's not like you have to be in an active standby where it's always up and running, right? You could make yeah. sure your data is there and spin up your application if needed, right? And other options as well. Yeah. So. You should be designing for that. Again, the cloud is not magic. The cloud just makes a lot of things easier. They, it does not. It is not magic. Yep. Um, can you think of any other big? Well, I you know I don't know. Did we dismiss all of these outages uh, too quickly? Uh, you know the thing. I think the thing to learn about them is that you have that they will happen. That you need to design for them. Yep. And that. I think it's about setting proper expectations. The cloud does not remove the concept of outages. In fact, you know, one could argue, and I have seen it people makes it argue harder, that, right? Well, no, that that when outages happen, they're really big. Yeah. Right? yeah. You know, so if, if something like S3 goes down or an entire, you know, US East, right, goes down, it 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 it, it hurts so many different yep. companies. It should only be a blip for those yep. companies. They should fail over. Yep. And this should all be built into their design. Yeah. And yeah, I wasn't going to say, sorry, I didn't mean to say that it would, that cloud makes it harder. But I think I was trying to say that because the cloud abstracts where things are running and mm. it's not like before where, oh, I knew that I had a virtual machine in this data center and, oh, I can manage where it fails over. The cloud sort of becomes so abstract for some folks. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have um, a different development team than an operations team, right, who's responsible for running it, that they may not yeah. always speak in terms of here's what's available. <laughs> yeah, it obfuscates, yeah. you know, recovery. And so you have to purposefully yeah. figure that out. Yeah, And not even just recovery. Sometimes it's even what are the failure scenarios. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm using yeah. recovery in a much broader yeah. sense than the way I would typically use it. Right. Recovering yeah. from an outage. Right. Yep. Um, by failing over. Um, so I think the other big thing that we talked about this year, and I know there are quite a few episodes, was ransomware. 
<laughs> what is that? Yeah. Persona? I don't... Is that a thing? <laughs> and it's There's... been kind of crazy. And honestly, I don't think it's going to let up any time. No. It, it, I kind of uh, think about it like the pandemic that's currently going on, mm-hmm. right? Where you want it to stop and you're hoping it gets better. But just looking at where things are, you know, it's going to take some time. When I look back on the the guests that have been on the show, so fixing sort of the traditional ransomware attack is not easy peasy, but it's doable given using similar technologies or the latest development in technologies in data protection, right? So, you know, when you look at like what Druva does, you know, we're able to detect you know, we don't want you to think of us as a detection tool, but we can detect that you have been infected because, well, not that you've been infected, but that the ransomware has started delivering its payload, right? Because mm-hmm. what we see is a lot of changes in your backups and we have some some AI ML type stuff that, that notices that, notifies you, shuts things down, helps you recover from that. There are a lot of tools that are like that, that... Um, you know, and, and, and well, and we even added some more sophisticating stuff where we can solve the problem of a uh, ransomware with a long dwell time. Yep. Where what's a dwell know, time? A dwell time is the amount of time that a tool is, uh, you know, malware is in your environment, uh, period from beginning to end. And some ransomware tools go in and they're slowly encrypting files that people aren't looking at. And it could be there that the mean time is it mean or median the median time is something like 60 days wow the average is much higher the um so during that time it could be encrypting a bunch of files yep and you may not and have you, noticed because you, you may, may never have noticed, noticed open, so or how you do never you recover that right so we we came out with a feature to specifically to to aim that Th- there are a lot of things that can be done for the traditional ransomware attack. There are only a few things that can be done to solve the new phase of ransomware, which is exfiltration and deletion. And we've had a couple of them on the podcast. Now let's see if we can find them in the spreadsheet. We had that guy with the, the D D D I. What was that? Um, Yeah, that was. Yeah. So that was actually last year. Yeah. But that's still, I think, one of the best episodes that talks about technology that can help stop ransomware in its tracks, right? So mm-hmm. what it what they do is by actively managing your DNS, DHCP, and IPAM, they can do things like stop notice when malware tries to reach out to command and control servers. Mm-hmm. They notice when that happens and deny the request and notify you that some, you know, this server this tried to reach. Right. Yeah. 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 That to me is, I think yeah. <clears throat> everybody should move to that immediately. Yeah. Right. And then the other is bandwidth monitoring. Have we had a ban? We haven't had an outgoing bandwidth monitor company, right? We kind of sort of did. I know we had Eddie Rupin talking about securing and speeding up network traffic. So that's, so to me, you're, 
you really should be having technology that's watching for command and control servers. That to me, if you're not doing that, you are not doing your job at this point. And number two, watching for exfiltration that should easily be seen by properly monitoring your network traffic. You need probably some AI ML type stuff to look for that, but you should absolutely be doing that. So do, and, and those I think are the three things. Yeah. And I think it's sort of don't rely on any one solution to be the magic bullet to stop this. I think you're going to have to do defense and layers, right? You need Look to at your you network, def- yeah. Yeah. right? Make sure that you're monitoring your devices. In fact, there was on the podcast, we had Greg Edwards, episode 126, stop ransomware attacks in seconds. Mm -hmm. Right. And his company would basically monitor your endpoint devices for activity. I don't know if you remember this, Curtis. I do. Monitor for activity. And they would notice when something was being encrypted and they could flag those devices as having issues in seconds rather than sort of waiting a longer period of time to try to detect it. Right. No, I do remember that. Um, I I remember thinking it sounded a little ocean boily but yeah but like it it sounded really like that sounds like a really good idea i'm just not sure how many uh, people would be able to implement it right um and then like you said though like network looking at your agents and then if all else fail or and then also looking at access control across your environment right right making sure you're locking things down in the right way you're applying patches and then when all else fails, right, make sure you have your backups to recover your environment yeah. from. Yeah. And turn off RDP, for God's sake, <laughs> turn off RDP. You can turn off RDP in your entire environment and systematically turn it on when you need it. Yep. Just saying. What? Yep. And, you know, so many exploits via RDP. It's ridiculous. Um. Yeah, because that is, that is going to become... So it's interesting, and I don't think I've even told you this, but um, Gartner... There's a there's a report that's available via Gartner that uh, Druva is now looking at that, you know, I can't link to or anything, but it, it, it's essentially the concept is you're going to get hacked. Embrace yeah. the recovery. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, just just you need to prepare yeah. to much better prepare. You need to prepare much better for some kind of recovery, some kind of response. And and right. earlier this year, right, we had Tony Mendoza from Spectrologic, right? Episode 96, Ransomware Victim Tells His Story, where Spectrologic got hit by ransomware. And it was great yeah. for Tony to walk through, this is what it was like dealing with that situation. And so if you haven't heard that episode, highly recommend you go back and listen to that one. Yeah, one of the things that we picked up from that episode was the importance, well, the... Difficulty the, of... The difficulty of just figuring out what to restore. That was yeah. much harder than the restore itself. Yeah. Actually, that was a common theme among a lot of the really good recovery stories that we had when we had the two folks from the company that had to recover an entire island data center. They, they, had, the same they had many more problems yeah. with infrastructure and you know getting bandwidth than they did with the actual recovery itself. Yeah. Um, and by the way, Spectre use tape. I'm just saying. Yep. Because <laughs> they, they eat their own dog food over there. Gotta gotta love that. So yeah, so it's been it's been a tumultuous <laughs> year just for 
just for I think we've had some really good guests oh, over yeah, the last sure. year. And by the way, and I should say thank you, Curtis, for finding the guests and bringing them on the podcast. I think that definitely helps uh, mix up the content because I'm sure the listeners are tired of just you and I yakking all the time. <laughs> hey, man, we're we're amazing. <laughs> just OG. We are just amazing. OG. Just the two of us talking about stuff. We got we got our own we got that's our own true. experiences. No, no, one no, of us true. a little more experience than the other. But <laughs> <laughs> one of us has been in IT for a long time. I got. Uh, are we coming? Up, we're coming up on twenty twenty two, right? Yep. All right. I, so it's now going to be twenty nine years. Then next month wow. it'll be twenty nine years. Oh my gosh! Yeah, because I I joined yeah, IT. Got out of the Navy January 13th, uh, 1993, right? And then I think it was February when I had my first IT job. You know, I wasn't even in middle school then. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sometimes. Sometimes, Prasada. You and that mostly black hair of yours. (laughs) You know, I just want to tell you to go jumping a lake <laughs> um the um yeah i i was i was in the navy and then you know and got i got into i got interested in computers while i was in the navy and then i leveraged the relationship you know my wife's relationships at a bank to get a job there and never looked back yep right and the rest um, is history the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> and you know what? You know what else big this year? Huh. The book came out. That is true. That is huge. Modern, you know, it only yeah. took me 10 years. <laughs> so, well, right. so, it, so no, no, I, I think you should correct that, right? I think it took you 10 years to get it published, but yeah. the actual writing was like four months. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds about right. And and remember, the actual writing was done on a treadmill. Yeah, I, I was going to say right? writing in air quotes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I the entire book was dictated to a Windows laptop sitting on a shelf on a treadmill as I walked uh, my way through COVID. Um, what took so long was uh, when I first tried to write this book, O'Reilly said, you know, that's a great idea. But you know what would also be great is to do a second edition of this other book yeah. that you've already written, and so we we did that, and then and then life got in the way. Yeah. So, but it did take me a few years to think it through and figure out. Well, yeah, to to sort of um, to come up with the outline. That's yeah. the hardest part is to decide what, and we really crowdsource it. Thanks, so many thanks to listeners of the podcast, subscribers to the mailing list, and just friends of mine that joined in on this giant Google doc <laughs> to, to edit this, this, uh, this, and you know, we, we did such a good job of producing an outline for the book <clears throat> that when I sent it to O'Reilly, their response was, this is going to be a thousand page book. <laughs> and I said, no, trust me, I have zero interest. In, and they're like, it needs to be under 400 pages. I'm like, okay, it might be five. It actually turned out to be like 350. There you go. Amazingly, right? And you, you might wonder, like, what can you cover in 350 pages? Honestly, it's the only book of its type that I know of. It covers all of the data protection industry in as it 
exists today, all the way up to the most recent things of dealing with Kubernetes and containers, right? Uh, it covers all of the things that you need to back up, all of the different ways you could back that up, all of the different places to which you can back up, including I, disk, cloud, tape, all of those things. I think you did forget one chapter in there, though. Are we going to mention this again? <laughs> which one did I? No, you did forget no, to talk what? about mainframe. Oh, okay. The entire open systems <laughs> data protection world. You know why it doesn't talk about mainframe? Why? Because Mr. Backup don't know no mainframe. <laughs> That's a That's good reason. Why. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I honestly, literally, at this point, it's, yeah, it's a very niche I mean, it's, field. It, yeah. I, here's what I know about mainframe. When I worked at MBNA, which had a huge mainframe, I went one time to Dallas where the mainframe was, and I remember going into what I would describe as a football field sized room of people, cubes, right? It was the biggest single sort of field of cubes I'd ever seen. And and I said, what is this? They said, these are the developers. And I said, what are they developing? Like we, we haven't come out any anything new yeah. on the mainframe in 10 years. And they said, they're just keeping it running. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, holy crap. Yeah. You know, some I of mean, those mainframes are still in operation today. I and, know they are. And yeah. For and those they're... who have mainframe skills, it's a great consulting opportunity. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, but speaking of which, did you did you see what was announced at AWS? AWS? Yep. Mainframe yeah, in the cloud. The, yeah. Mainframe modernization, yeah. I think is what they called it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's time, folks. <laughs> You know, to move to off mainframe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that I, you know, what I thought you were, I thought you were going to talk about the oh, the, the fact chapter. that I left out the yeah. the, the testing chapter. Yeah. No. There's only only so many times we can mention Stuart. Uh, in, no, that is not what I in yeah. the podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So no, no. There's nothing in there about mainframe or or, you know, it's it's open systems. It's basically Linux and Windows. Yeah. Well, modern it's, data protection, it's Unix, right? Unix flavors, yeah, and Windows flavors and containers, whatever that falls under, yeah. right? As well as services, SaaS services, yep. IAS services, all of those things. Oh, and you and definitely all, cover yeah. everything that someone should understand and care about. Yeah, because that's I, probably I, what's I, in their environment, right? So. Yeah, it's not the deepest, right? Because uh, otherwise, it would have been it would have been like ten thousand pages. <laughs> if I went one more level deep, it would have been easily four to five thousand pages. Especially like your database chapter would have been like ten yeah. books on its own. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so hey, I I bid adieu to twenty twenty one. We should have done this twenty twenty two. Yeah, we should have done this like as beer and backups. We should have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we need to do. We need to do another beer and backup episode. We need to get Ben on here. We do, and uh, you know, chill <laughs> with. Uh, but anyway, so best of luck to everybody for 2022, and um, happy holidays, you know, everyone. <laughs> happy holidays, happy New Year, um, and. Uh, um, you know, and remember to subscribe so that you can restore it all. (laughs) 
Instead, it's all jacked up. See how I'll write on Facebook about you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth the space. It'll be completely done Maybe one day it 